This is Toothy Two. This is Dr. Walter Aka. Dr. Kyle Dumpert. This is Dr. Gary Dennis. So uh, we are back again. Um, you know, we I think this week there's been a lot, right? We've been watching the news. We've been kind of seeing what's going on with the presidential election. And, you know, I don't really care to talk about, you know, what anybody did or anything like that. But what I actually want to talk about is, do you guys talk politics with your uh, patients at all? I I never, good, ever good question. Uh, try to talk politics with my patients. I mean, I, I don't I, either. I do, but I let them lead the discussion. Okay. And I don't I don't really put in a whole lot of my opinion unless they're asking because okay. I'm looking at at it as a business. I'm not there to talk politics. I'm talk I'm there to take care of you as a patient and politics brings out emotions in people, but if you want to talk and tell me your opinion, I'll sit there and listen to you. I mean, patients tell you all kind of other crazy stuff. Why not tell me your political opinion too? Okay. Well, what what about um let's just say your uh, assistants or your front office. What about going online and posting all kinds of stuff, good or bad against somebody or uh for somebody? You know, like do you do you tell them not to do stuff like that? You know what I mean? Like I would, when does their personal social media become something that might affect you? Uh their personal social media is their personal social media. Right, but what if they tag it? You know, like let's just say they write something and tag your office in it or something. Well, that that would be different if they're if they're tagging an office, uh, or um, on a, a specific post, uh, then that would kind of be, you know, you're you're meshing the two at that point. I mean, do we have, think go ahead, Kyle. It's, uh, so I, I worked at an office one time that uh, the hygienist was starting to post some questionable things, uh, questionable research about um, the health implications of root canals. This is before the Netflix documentary, uh, but that information was out there, albeit bad information, but it was out there. And she was of a more holistic mindset um and she was posting that kind of stuff on her personal facebook page which is completely her right but if she's working at an office that performs procedures that she's posting stuff about that might be questionable that's when the owner doc had to step in and say look you have to you know you can post whatever you want but we have a um you know, this is our what we do in this office. This is what we believe in. And if you're posting things that might discredit that a little bit, then you're going to have to find a job elsewhere. Okay. Hmm. I I think that's a little harsh. I think that in that situation, uh, it should be like you need to make your account private so that the whole world well, can't see it. If if one if your assistant was posting on her personal Facebook page about the information that was in the uh, the root cause doc documentary uh, saying how you shouldn't get root canals or root canals could be contributing to a host of different diseases of the body. Even if her account was private, would you want her working in your office? Well, if her account was private, 
if her account was private, then I wouldn't know about it. So I wouldn't have an issue. Well, you might be you might be friends with her on social media. Then I would so tell you, her so, you need to so take certain friends. I mean, I'm not saying ignorance is bliss, but I'm saying <laughs> that, like, I mean, you know, social media, especially if you have a private account, that's your you can write whatever you want on there. Like that's so. I I think what you're saying is taking it a step further, though. Like that employee is specifically, you know, um, putting. I don't. I guess at that point it'd be liable, not slander. Um, remarks on their page about a specific dentist. That's different than okay. than you know reposting the root cause because that's not specific to an individual or to specific to that business. Okay, well, I mean, I guess my question is, when are we, and and how do you control, and should we control other people's free thought, right? Because if they work for you, that doesn't mean that they're in, enslaved to you, right? Like, you can't sit there and tell them, because you work for me, you're not allowed to post this, this, or this. They still have free thought. They can still do whatever they want. I mean, how do you control for that? And do you control for that? Should you control for that? That's really I, I my think- question. I think the only control should be related to like, don't put the office name, don't put patient's name, don't put the doctor's names. Uh, other than that, like, it's your mind. You're, it's, this is America. You got freedom of speech. You can pretty much say whatever you want. Granted, saying True, anything you want but- does, does have, you know, consequences. But repercussions, right. Which is it's an yeah. employee's right to say whatever they want on social media. But if that owner feels like it's impa- going to impact their business at all, it's completely within that owner's right to also get rid of that person and eliminate that threat to their business. And do you think people have grounds Whether to it's dismiss? Whether or not. Well, do you think people have grounds to dismiss somebody uh, based on social media post? I think that... Uh, depends on whatever state you're in. Pennsylvania is a, uh, oh, I forget the term, uh, but basically I can fire anybody for whatever reason I want outside of, uh, you know, race, sex, religion, uh, all of those hot topics, but uh, I forget the term, but it, it's basically, it, I, I don't have to keep you employed for any reason. Um just like if you're a tenured professor, you can pretty much get away with anything and they can't fire you. But in it, depending on whatever the state laws are, uh, you don't have to employ somebody. If you don't like them, you can just get rid of them for no cause. Okay. All right. Well, let's transition out of that, right? From, you know, uh, technology and your ability to tell people what to do with it to this. Ready? So we all deal with assistance. We all have assistance. We all trust, respect love care whatever about our assistants my question is so i have a um a new uh, assistant that i'm actually training straight out of assistant school um and you know they put put her with me and they were like hey can you train her right here's the problem mm-hmm. just like dental schools assistant schools are not given the kind of quality uh and time to try to get these kids ready for the real world you know, mm-hmm. and luckily I'm busy enough where if somebody comes into our team, it's going to slow us down. 
So my question is, do you guys find that assistants have become less um, able to do their jobs? They're, are, they, are they not taking pride in what they do? Because I'm starting to notice that with a lot of assistants. It's kind of like I'm here for a paycheck. I'm not going to take onus of what I'm doing. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to take pride in what I'm doing. Are you guys seeing the same thing? And do you see that with like assistants that you've hired, you know, or brought on new ones? And you have you noticed the quality going down? Kyle, I'll let you go. Um, I have two amazing assistants. Okay. Uh, one of them has, is an expanded function dental assistant. She's been with me since I started at the office. She is fantastic. I trust her. She does quality work and I would be lost without her because she does, uh, top level stuff. What age uh, range, what age range does she fall in? Is she older? Uh, is she no, older she's than younger. she's younger? Okay. She, she's younger. You got it. You got uh, a, a, a diamond in the rough then. Right. She, uh, I'm, like I said, I, I'm extremely thankful that I have her in the office. Uh, I've had a couple of assistants, uh, over the years that one was, uh, she was a dental assistant in training who was, let's just say dentistry was not an area that she should have been in. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was way too stressful for her and it was, uh, created turmoil not only in her life but in the office because she just couldn't handle it right. um i've had others i have a, a second assistant that uh again does fantastic work she she's not an expanded function but um she definitely cares about um the work she does and she is amazing at her job uh she had a lot more on the job training so i i think with dental assistants i've always been told to hire based on personality you can you can train the rest um coming out of the dental assisting school i do have a temporary or a student in my office right now that just started a couple weeks ago and where she should be uh the school hasn't taught her a, a lot because right. of the restrictions with coronavirus. Uh, so she's getting a lot of hands-on training in my office and it's being put on me and my assistants to be able to train her into a good assistant, which is fine uh, because it's, it's also, uh, you know, she's not on payroll. So I have an extra set of hands to help with sterilization, cleaning rooms, turning things over while she's also learning in the office. So it's a win-win for both of us. But, uh, what if, what if you were paying her? School. What if you were paying her? Would that change your mindset? Um, no, I, I don't think it would because she's uh, a, a competent human being that <laughs> is willing and able to willing to learn and is excited to learn okay. new things. Where I, I think it depends on the person. If you're getting into the field just to get a paycheck and uh, you know mm -hmm. clock in eight to five every day and go home, then and, and you're not a people person, you're not ready to deal with a, a little bit more of a high stress environment, then you're going to be a terrible assistant. It's that that's just my personal experience with assistants so far. Uh, I also have, uh, I've mainly worked with three assistants and they are all amazing. Right. Uh, now I will say this back way back in the day when I was a dental assistant, 
uh, in the district at that time, I don't know if it's still the same way, but at that time in the district of Columbia, you don't, there's no training. Like there's no programs that your certifications or anything like that, that you have to have for an assistant. Okay. So, um, I had zero training, uh, before I became a dental assistant and it is 100% being trained on the job. But, um, you know, I, I feel like it, it's kind of the the dentist. I don't want to say it. Well, it is job to instruct the dental assistant so they have an understanding of what's expected from the job. Okay, well, let's let's break that down. You, uh, Gary, you basically said it's the dentist's job to train the assistant, right? If you have a busy schedule, when are you going to be able to train the assistants or should you depend on the other assistants to kind of bring them on board? You know, whose responsibility really is it? And Gary, stop clicking your pen. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I, well, if if you are the owner of your business, yeah. then it is your responsibility. 100%. So, okay. What about now, running the business? If you're not, if you're not, then you can, you need to set the precedent with your other, if you want your other assistants to train the new assistant okay. then you need to let them know this is now part of your job okay to train this person bring them up to speed uh get them going um but hey i mean i get it like i want when i go to work i'm working in different places i want efficient and competent uh assistants that know know me know my flow right. know the setups right. every, everything because it makes everything right. move much more smoothly quickly efficiently um, I'm all about efficiency, but at the same time, um, I would not necessarily have an issue having uh, a new assistant right out of school mm -hmm. who uh, has initiative to, you know, learn and and you know be proficient in her job. I, if they, if they're lazy, I don't I don't want that person. Okay, whether whether they've worked. 20 years in the field or today's their first day. Like, like, like Kyle said, that personality trait is not something that I um, want to deal with. Okay. Well, let's, let's uh, transition to, so younger generations, right? Um, I was talking to my brother and, and, and they're basically explaining to me that they feel like nowadays everybody's overly sensitive. You can't say anything right. Right. They take, they, they, they get in their feelings really quickly. Most assistants are younger. How do you deal with our generation? And we were, I mean, we, I felt like we, we could say a lot of other stuff and not take it so offensively. Now to this new generation where everything is offensive. So how do you tiptoe that line and make sure that you don't offend them or hurt their feelings or whatever? And have you guys noticed that, that situation? Go ahead, Kyle. Can I, I I'll, I'll answer this with a question. Okay. Um, how many people? How many people in your dental class would you allow treat you as your as a dentist? Uh, boy, what percent? Uh, percent? Percent? Oh boy! Uh, yeah. I'm gonna say like five. I'd say closer five, to okay. fifteen. Fifteen percent. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, of your class, you that you would be comfortable with them working on. Okay. You. Well, well, sorry. Let's do ten percent. Ten percent. Yeah. Okay. So. I, I look at that as there are a lot of dentists out there mm -hmm. that even us as dentists wouldn't be comfortable with them treating us. Right. So 
whether it's personality issues, whether it's skill set issues, but as an, uh, as an assistant who is looking up to these doctors uh, with, I'm assuming, a, a high level of respect, and a lot of doctors just don't have the greatest personality. They're just pretty much pricks uh, <laughs> or right. you know, they, they're, they're arrogant. They're, uh, yes. you know, they can be insulting. Uh, I, I think if you're just a decent human being as, as a doctor, as a dentist, and you treat people with, with respect, if you say something off the cuff that offends somebody and you have a culture in your office where, you know, you can recognize that in the person and I, I don't want to offend any of my staff. Uh, I want to be honest with them, but if they take something as offensive, I, that, that's not the point of my comment. My comment is to make all of us better. But if you're offended by something, we can talk about why you're offended by that. Uh, but life isn't going to be perfect all the time where you're never going to be offended. Okay. Gary. Um, I, I'm I'm more along the lines of constructive criticism. What does that mean? So, so that means that let's say um, you have a list of things that you want your do we do we do we want me to continue? Or go ahead. Stop for a second. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna, okay. Uh, if you have a list of things that you want your dental assistant to be proficient in, first you need to uh, let your assistant know that these are the five things. That I want you to do. Then, um, you know, at the end of the day, when you when you reassess how they did that day, like let's say two of the things they need to work on, but the other three things they did great. So you definitely, if you're going to mention the two things they need to work on, you also need to mention the three things they did great, so that you're not just you know tearing them down, but you're you know you're you're building them up. And saying, hey, you know, you're doing these three things great. It's just these other two things you need a little bit more uh, work on. How can I help you to reach this level? So that's that's more of constructive criticism as opposed to just saying, you're still not getting this right. You're still not getting this right. <laughs> you know, like that's 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 how people don't want to come back to work. Right. And you just tear them down the whole time. So yeah. you're not you guys aren't looking at this as like this, you know. The the generations are any different or any less sensitive. You're just saying, look, people are people. Oh, no, there's they're definitely more sensitive. <laughs> okay, okay. But but at the yeah, same time, people are people. But, but but I mean, like, there's more sensitive in their response. Like if if you were if you took uh someone from Generation X and were like, hey, you're not getting this right. You're not getting this right. You're not, you're not getting this right. They're not gonna cry. They'll probably be like, well, why don't you tell me how to get it right? Right. All right. But someone from the millennials uh-huh. might might shed a tear. If you're constantly, you know, berating them, like you're not getting this right. You're not gonna... So that's how I'm saying they're more sensitive. But you still have to, you know, treat people with some type of respect right. and constructive criticism is going to be more appreciated than just criticism. Okay. Okay. Well, how do you feel? You feel differently? No, no. I, I personally like. Yeah, I, go ahead, Kyle. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I was curious how you felt about it too. Yeah, and you know, I, I personally do think that there's a lot more sensitivity out there. I'll be honest with you. I, uh, 
you know, I, I, I believe that a lot of people are way more sensitive than they should be, but I kind of grew up in an environment where it's like, you know what? I need to know what I'm doing wrong so I can improve. Right. And if you tell me, Hey, right. you're not doing this right. I'm not going to be like, Oh my God, you're attacking me personally. I'm going to take it as you're attacking me critically to let me know that I need to improve on something, you know? And I feel like everybody right. takes it as a personal attack. Every time you tell them anything negative, it's a personal attack. You know what I mean? So, like, we should all be living in rosy, happy-go-lucky world, and that's not the case. You know, you're not perfect. So, understand that you're not perfect, and you can improve. We can all improve. You know, I take criticism from my assistants. I'm like, hey, how can I have done that better? Or, or man, that case could have gone better this way, that way. Like, I'm constantly right. looking in the mirror and judging myself. I'm not going to take anything personal if somebody comes at me and says, Doc, you didn't do this right, or this could have been better, or I felt like this. I'm okay to listen, but I'm also not going to sit here and be like, well, let me bite my tongue and not tell you what you need to do to improve. And I feel like a lot of people want to kind of walk around others on like an eggshell, and I just don't have time for that. No, I agree. I, right? I, I, I mean, it's, I don't. It's I, I the don't. whole office culture thing. It's, yes. If your if your staff feel comfortable enough that they can call you out on things, yes. if you're, and you can call them out on things, they're not going to take anything personally. Right. I mean, or they shouldn't. I, my anyway. office is the same. It, if I if I do something wrong, my assistant kicks me under the table, and uh, <laughs> oh shoot, oh yeah, I, I did things out of order, right. and that well, my mind was somewhere else, right. or you know, after the case, like you said, like that did not turn out the way. I was expecting, and we talk about this is what went wrong and what we should I should pay attention to next time. So I own my stuff too, uh, but it's because of that open, honest atmosphere that you want to create in your office to give people the, the comfort to be able to say those things. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. Here, here, I have a. I want to bring this up. Um, we can stop here, or you guys have any other things you want to talk about. But so something happened to me this week was kind of weird to me. Like I had an office manager call me, and send me uh, basically a rundown of a patient's treatment, and they were like, "Hey, doc, can we give more of a discount?" And I said, "All right, let me look at the treatment." And I looked at the treatment. I looked what the insurance was going to cover, and the insurance was already knocking fifty percent off of the treatment, the UCF. And I was like, wait a minute, we're already getting 50% less than what we want. And then you want me to add additional discounts? I said, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. And so, like, my response was like, are you kidding me? Like, you're, we're already losing 50%, right? It's not like the bone is and the membrane. A, is, is this an insurance you're in network with? I'm in network with, yeah. So I have no choice but okay. to take it. What? Yeah, well, what, was the, um, what was the reason for them wanting a discount because the patient was like oh well this is more expensive than i thought and that's literally the quote that they sent me the patient thought this is more expensive than they thought and i was like well that has nothing to do with okay. me like i can't go to walmart and be like man that's tvs i like it but it's way more expensive than i thought they were like okay then don't buy it right i mean i don't All understand right. <laughs> i don't no, understand I... why we All have right. to reduce our price and i know that a, a lot of doctors do that just for the I'd... just for the sale just for the the, the, the patient to work on them. And I just think that that's, again, would be little in our profession. I personally don't want to do that. I'm already getting screwed over by insurance. And then you ask for me to do less, not knowing that, you know, if I, if I go to the company, you know, that I buy my bone graft from my membrane from, they're not going to say, okay, well, cool, because you're giving a discount, I'm going to give you a discount on this. That's not the case. I never, ever, ever, ever devalue the service. <laughs> There are no discounts. 
And I definitely cannot discount something that is already discounted. Right. So if you have insurance, you already got a discount. (laughs) There isn't any other. And and I'm I'm not a lawyer, but my legal understanding is if you're going to give that patient a discount, you have to let the insurance company know that also, because otherwise you're not holding up your end of the bargain. Right. The the contract with the insurance company is I'm going to pay this much. The patient's going to pay this much. But Mm -hmm. if the, the dentists that aren't charging copays, the dentists that aren't uh, that that's basically insurance fraud. Well, and but but do de- do you think dentists do a lot of that just to get that patient yes. in? Oh yeah, you see what I mean. Absolutely. So that that's another discussion yeah. we can have. Like, what are we actually doing in our offices? That one is could be possibly legal, and what are we doing to basically, as Gary said, devalue our treatment? I'll tell you this: if you Let's say uh, a patient comes in and um, you do and I don't know, let's say some we'll, some procedure. Let's yeah, say we'll you do, do a filling. filling right? yep. Let's say you're doing a filling, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, you know what? The filling costs $100. I'm going to give you a discount. We're going to do it for $10, right? Guess what the patient's going to think? That filling is only worth $10. Mm-hmm. Right. So you've completely devalued yeah. the level of the service to the patient. So the patient's not going to care about the filling because the filling to them, the filling costs $10. It doesn't cost $100. So like that's I, shooting I yourself had, in the foot. I had a patient that needed a root canal. He said, I'm not paying that much for the root canal. Uh, that's fine. And he didn't reschedule. Uh, I find out he goes over to the next town because he's friends with the endodontist there. The endodontist does the root canal for like a hundred bucks because they're friends. He comes back to my office, like for his normal checkups and stuff. And I said, Oh, talked about this root canal that he got to. Oh yeah. So-and-so did it. He's my buddy. I've known him for a long time. He only charged me a hundred bucks for it. All right, great. It's a molar. When we put in the crown on this thing. Well, what do you mean? I said, I don't want this tooth to break. You just had a root canal. Let's you know, schedule you for a crown. And he said, well, if it breaks, we'll just take it out. I only have $100 into it. There you go. There it is. Your money just did for you for free. He, he's, he's helping you out, giving you half of this treatment for, for free. And now it's, you, you don't even care enough to pr- put a little bit more money in it to protect his work. Like that, that blew me away. Well, well that's, but that's but devaluing the service exactly. Well, so Kyle, yeah. let's be completely honest. Did it really blow you away, though? Honestly, if you go and you get a discount, right? You have Black Friday shopping. You you buy something that mm. normally was a hundred dollars and you get it for twenty bucks. Are you really gonna be like, you know, if something were to happen to you, you're gonna be like, oh my god, da da da? Or are you gonna say, well, it's already a discounted, you know, I don't know, yeah. whatever right. already. Right. You know what I mean? So really, and, right. and that's the problem. It's like we've become. And okay, well, let me get into my next question. Do you think dentists have become more salespeople? than clinicians or what like do you, i mean because we're giving out sales left and right right we're trying to figure out how we I, can get a patient to come into our office because we're basically negotiating against ourselves i just heard about this office that uh they're required they're, depending on the state you're required to charge sales tax pennsylvania you're not other states you are required to charge sales tax on, on procedures I just heard of this dentist that he's required to, you know, 
pay tax or have patients pay taxes or somebody pay taxes on the service. And he didn't want to charge the patients the tax. So he was paying the 4% tax himself out of his own pocket. He wasn't charging patients the tax, but he was paying it to the, to the state. What? He didn't want to. Isn't that not, isn't that, that's just, that, that's crazy. Well, how here's are you going to run a business like that? Yeah, exactly. If, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Please, right. Gary, this, so, this better be good because that makes no sense, man. That's so a business if owner. He had, if he has like a $2 million, $2 million practice and his overhead is only like 30%. What dentist that, you know has an overhead 30%? Hey, I'm just saying. I don't know the guy's <laughs> practice. I'm just saying. In that scenario. Be realistic, Gary. And he's already got a, He's got two houses paid off. He's got his boat paid there off. There it is. He's got his Lamborghini paid off. So he's then, just doing so this for five. He's still paying sixty thousand dollars out of his pocket, right? Just Why because not? because he's a nice guy. <laughs> what he's just he's working nice to work. He doesn't really need to work at that oh, point. Okay, so he's a he's a multimillionaire. He had the lottery, and this is just all for fun. Yeah, exactly. Okay. In okay. that situation, I, I mean, I don't. Uh, hey, go ahead, do you know? Do your it's you know. It's like he's doing charity. It's his charity work for the year. Well, the difference is the charity, you can write it off. He's not writing this off. Charity, at least you can write it off and, and be like, man, I feel good about what I just did. This is just pure stupidity. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Wow. I don't know what, what, he's, what he's doing. Well, do, I mean. Do you think, do you think dentists should have, because a lot a lot of dentistry is, you know, uh, small business. Do you yes. think there should be a requirement that there should be some basic level of business, even though dental school barely covers being able how to do dentistry, uh, let alone throwing in business classes? But do you think some of that should be a requirement, or even on a, on a state side or a um, licensing side, should the states require? some level of business ce well um you know okay so well let's let's talk about ce's right most of the time most people do ce's because they have to right just to hit a certain number right. okay i got my ce's for the year right. or two years or whatever it may be so most of the time you go there and you just kind of sit there and like you may or may not pick up anything so making it a mm-hmm. ce isn't going to really do much of anything because they might just be going in there just to sit there and then they might leave halfway through or might leave early or do whatever, right? So I don't think that that makes – I think you need to find a way for people to understand that they're like, hey, you know, dentists live all, you know, and, and, and only understand this is what's, what it's costing me, right? How do I make more money, right? And I think if you find a way to make it so that they're like, this is you before this class and this is you after – and you can make more money so you can live that comfortable Lambo life that you want to live, that boat life or whatever that you want to live, you might want to take this class. So by that, now you've basically spoken their language, which is how do you make more money and do less? Yeah, I definitely don't think it should be a requirement uh, because I look at it like this. Like you said, it's small business. So let's say that Joseph's lawnmower and service, right? That's a small business. Does Joseph, does he have to be required to take a business class right. to start his business? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to start a business, that's on you to learn about business. Right. And don't yeah. forget, I mean, you don't yeah. see Joseph doing lawnmowing for free and not coming back and collecting that bill. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, but we, do, but, you know, I, I joke, but, but, you know, I mean, like, but, but dentists do that all the time. 
You know what I mean? There are people. I, I just think it's it, it's what dentists do, especially writing off copays, breaking insurance contracts, committing insurance fraud, submitting. Uh, you know, I, I've read about a, a dentist would submit the same radiograph to an insurance company for years and to get payment. And then once this artificial intelligence comes in that starts reading the radiographs for the insurance company, the, day, the uh, dentist gets hit with fraud because they were submitting the same radiograph uh, for patient A and patient B, patient C. So it looks like they had a, a really good root canal done, but it's you know the same root canal for all three patients. I, I, I think there's wow. so much opportunity for fraud in in dentistry because we don't have a lot of oversight. Which All right, I, so I am not advocating for insurance uh, oversight. I am the, the less oversight, the better. The, in my, I, I don't like regulations, so I'm not advocating for regulations at all. I don't know what the answer is, but I'm not advocating for regulations. Okay. So let me let me just uh, throw this out there. Not very, not all dentists are fraudulent. Well, very few course. dentists no. are actually yeah, fraudulent. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but but that is not that has nothing to do with dentistry. That has to do with individuals. Mm. So if a if a fraudulent individual happens to get into dentistry, then they're going to be a fraudulent dentist. But you know who those people are when you're in dental school. <laughs> that's the person that's cheating on their test. Okay. Like if you don't if you don't have the the scruples and 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 moral fiber to learn the material yourself. Right. Then what makes you think that person's going to do it when they get out in the world? Okay, well, Gary, let me ask you this then: uh, is is having an OD exam cheating? That's not cheating. No. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> right, you, you didn't study for it. You memorized some questions and yeah, answers. but you're not. That's not. That's not the new test. Well, it's exactly the same as the the, the test you're about to take. Is that you don't know that? that? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is that is that cheating? Or no. are you are you saying you're you you're literally sitting there and you know for sure you're copying off of somebody else or doing something completely illegal? You know this because there's a lot of dentists that don't even know what's going on in their business. I mean, tell me if yeah, I'm wrong. That, that's that is true. That is true. I mean, okay, so if if let's say there's a dentist who doesn't know what's going on in their business, then that person is probably the person that only looked at the old test and didn't do any other studying. <laughs> Yeah. Like that's that's their fault. That's I mean, I mean yeah. I just you know, I, I just think that I think that like you said, you know, um, whenever you're a small business owner, you have to treat it like like that. You're a small business owner. You're a business owner. Uh, if you don't, and you want to just sit back and let other people do the work, you're going to get screwed over sooner or later. Oh yeah, one one hundred percent. Especially because uh, dentistry is profitable. Right. So money money flows through an office. True, true. Well, anyway, um, did did anything happen to you this week that you want to talk about? Um, Mine. yeah, man. Go ahead. So, bro. so I had a, I got these. I ordered these steaks, right? So I ordered. It was two a porterhouses, four fillets, two ribeyes, and two New York strip steaks, right? Okay. So delivery comes. I have a freezer in the garage. Right. I'm like, oh, you know, they're nice and ice packed in the in the thing they were shipped right. in. Like dry ice. Yeah. yeah. Or it was like a, a box of yeah, something, right? So I throw them in the in the freezer. Then uh two days later, I'm going to take one out 
and all the meat stalled out. What? Yeah. So the freezer broke. (laughs) 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 So I had to take all the steaks out. They're all thawed out now. I got to put them in the fridge. So it's just 10 steaks. Are you you concerned that you might have a bad batch of like meat now? No, 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 no. Because it was still cool in the in the freezer but but it's like nothing was frozen okay. you know it was like it was refrigerated okay like, okay you know what I mean? so it, i mean luckily you caught it early enough yeah like, thank god it. i went in there to get a steak or then it probably would have if i waited like two more days it probably would have been bad jeez all right well right so now i have to eat <laughs> 10 steaks in like a week <laughs> <laughs> i feel so bad. yo <laughs> Well, so you I'm can eat steak all day, every day, and you know you can't even give it to other people because they, no one trusts anybody anymore with the whole COVID situation. Oh yeah, you know <laughs> you can't even like hand like, it out. They'd be like, did you, um, did you alcohol that steak? Right. Down? Like, <laughs> like, did you put it in a furnace before you gave this to me? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my god. Right. So I had, I had, I had. Um, yesterday I had two fillets for breakfast, <laughs> then I had a New York strip for dinner. This morning I had a porterhouse for breakfast. <laughs> I'm like so full. I got like <laughs> an extra ten pounds of meat in my stomach. It's probably to, gonna take a month for it to digest. You're starting to do that meat sweat. You know how like when you eat a yeah. lot of meat, <laughs> you start to do that meat sweat. That, right. I'm gonna where... get. I'm gonna have gout by the time I finish eating <laughs> yeah. all the steak. <laughs> and I, I I know you. Like you run like ten miles a day. So this must be killing you. Uh, how is that? Oh, affect, how is that affecting your runs? Oh, dude, like, so this morning I went out to run and I was like, oh, I'm gonna do nine miles. When I got to six miles, oh, he had all that meat in you, bro. Dude, it was ready to come out. I had to, I had to sprint back <laughs> to, 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 to make it. <laughs> it was, oh jesus all right yeah. well uh, uh this is probably the best way to end this uh, i'm not gonna lie to you this is we probably might have lost a few people <laughs> and if we so have I'm, like if when peter this is over, if peter calls us you, you, i'm sending directly to you I, i'm not gonna eat steak for like three months after this you have no choice like your body's gonna need to recover man. you're gonna have to uh, detox yeah, yeah man. that's awesome yeah. All right, man. Well, we'll definitely yeah. let everybody go on this, and we'll connect again next week, man. We'll talk. <laughs> All right. All right, bro. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that our professional opinions, the final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.